Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. It's amazing how it works and many times in such a faster way than I could ever imagine. We actually do the hard work and then boom, the reward comes. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 47-year-old Renee, who has been dating 49-year-old Robert for nearly six months. Renee wants to know how she can help Robert leave the wounds of his recent divorce behind, focus on her and their relationship, and to think about moving forward with the life they can have together. Renee also has questions about timing on introducing children into the relationship and how to handle social media and texting in regards to serious relationship conversations. I like this. Welcome, Renee. Hi there. I like these questions about introducing children and handling social media, which really comes into things. So I want you to tell us about your relationship with Robert, nearly six months, by starting with how did you meet? I actually was dating one of Robert's friends um, who decided that we were better off as friends. Um, and so I stayed friends with his core group of friends and Robert is in this core group of, uh, guys and there seemed to be a mutual attraction there. And I kind of took it upon myself to pursue that a little bit, um, probably breaking rule number one. Um, but I, uh, you know, asked him if there was any interest in um, getting together outside of the group, um, hanging out, and he was like, absolutely, um, let's get together a plan. Um, so we wound up, and at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to hurt other people in our group of friends as well. We uh, decided to start hanging out. Um, we met up. We went to brunch with a group of people. You know, he is very affectionate in public. He, um, you know, it, which makes me feel amazing. He is 
you know, about two and a half years out of being divorced. Um, so things are still a little bit fresh uh, for him as far as um, the divorce and, you know, why did it happen? Um, was it all his fault? Uh, he is definitely a person who uh, looks at marriage um, and values that very much so from a faith standpoint. Um, so he thought that he would be married once and uh, this was his forever and, um, you know, actually left the marriage for a year and then went back for two years and um, finally they decided to call it quits. He's got three kids, two of which are adults about to go to college and, um, you know, another one that's about to graduate uh, from high school in a year or two. So um, that's obviously, you know, a question of mine when it comes to dating him, whether when do, when do you introduce the kids? Um, I know that he is very um, cognizant of, you know, wanting to be a good dad, making sure the time is right. Um, and at the same time, I had also said, while I want to meet your children, um, you know, when you feel the right time for me to meet them is when I'll meet them. I'm not going to put any pressure on you to make that happen because that's not my place. Um, so we, we had pretty steadily hung out. Uh, obviously, the first couple of times we hung out, there was no um, physical relationship there. Um, I actually pushed back a few times. And eventually that happened, and um, that seems to be pretty pretty awesome. Um, a very good part of the relationship. Um, but we also both know that that's not the only thing that needs to be there in a relationship. Um, we we both do realize that. Uh, just fast forward a little bit until. Um, May is kind of when things really started got it going down that path of like, okay, you know, people on the outside were referring to him as my boyfriend, but I'm saying that I was telling them that, no, he isn't my boyfriend. We have not had that conversation um, because at the same time I have my own uh, relationship demons, if you want to say. Um, I've had a divorce. I've had a cheating relationship and another relationship with a man who turned out to be an addict, alcoholic. Um, so I'm a little bit fearful of relationships and try to, I've tried to keep my wall high um, and have kind of gotten to the point in life now after so many years that I'm ready to let that wall down, um, as terrifying as it is. And um, that kind of started happening pretty subtly with us, like, in May. And we would see each other a couple of days a week. He would come over to my place, vice versa. Um, and we had decided that we were planning a trip to go to uh, float the river for his birthday. Um, and after that trip, he had said to me, hey why don't you come to San Antonio with me after that trip? Because I have a work conference and I'd love for you to come. I work remotely. He works remotely. 
it'd be great just to spend some time together and have a good time. Um, prior to that, he had asked me to basically go on a vacation over the 4th of July with his uh, mom and dad and uncle, in which I was a little bit freaking out about because I was like, oh, my gosh, you want me to meet your parents? I've never met anyone's parents that I've dated recently. And he was like, yeah, I think it would be amazing. Um, and the way that he kind of asked me, which I thought was very cute, um, we were all at a concert with friends, and we saw another date for um, a concert that same weekend. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we should get tickets. This would be a great time. And he's like, you're kind of already spoken for. And I was like, I am. And he uh, went on to inform me what he was thinking. And, of course, I was like, jumping for joy on the inside because I, I was pretty excited about it, but nervous all at the same time. Like I said, I'd never met um, someone's parents. And he went away after that concert on a trip with his kids. Um, there was certainly a lot of texting that went back and forth, uh, talked to him on the phone, you know, telling me that he misses me, um, that it was so good to hear my voice. I had went away earlier in the month of May, and, and same thing, um, woke up to text messages from him. Uh, he was actually out with my friends and said, you know, we're missing someone. I'm missing my dance partner. Um, all hell, you know, I just miss you. Uh, get home. Um, so he went on his trip uh, with the kids and came back and we had a pretty quick turnaround of like 24 hours before we were going on this week long, uh, vacation in the beginning of June. And we went on this trip and we had a fantastic time with our friends. We had a great time after we left there and headed to San Antonio. And I actually met his parents, uh, that day, um, and his uncle, which was kind of a nice precursor to this possibility of the trip, 4th of July. And, you know, we went to dinner, um, got to know them, um, you know, got to fly, to fly on a private jet. It was pretty awesome. And we spent the rest of the time in San Antonio, very attentive. He, you know, texting sorry, I'm not at the room with you, things are, this is happening or that's happening. And I'm like, look, I'm working. I'm, I just started a new job. So like, I really need to focus. It's all good. Take care of your stuff. I'm going to take care of mine. Just let me know what time you want to maybe go to dinner. Um, and I mean, you know, the thing, and I even had said to him, um, that I was like, I said, you know, I'm really proud of us. We are, have been in close quarters for the past, like, six to seven days. And, like, we've gotten along so good. Like, you know, when you first are dating somebody and you're getting to know them and, you know, you do something and, and it's like um, they're in your space and they're not respecting your space or something annoys you or just, irritates you and and I mean the two of us are just talking to each other like is this for real like um we got along amazingly well 
Um, so much so that we were driving up the road and we had just planned on going home on Friday night and getting our lives back together for the next week. And we wound, I was house sitting for a friend and he, we wound up going to a concert with some other friends and, and he wound up staying with me the entire weekend. So we spent a solid eight or nine days straight and, and it wasn't anything where like, I was begging him to stay. I mean, he was choosing to stay. Um, we actually had posted a photo on uh, Facebook on the one night while we were in San Antonio. And um, I think that, and I, I know that that is a pretty uh, big step for him um, because then that means it's publicly out there. Um, he, he, pretty, he tries to keep his page pretty uh, PG, I guess, let's just say. Uh, his kids are friends with him on Facebook and, you know, his ex and, you know. And because I cracked a joke and I was like, well, but it looks like you went to, to Green Hall, you know, by yourself on Monday night. And he um, was like, I know, I should have tagged you. And I was like, look. I said, I'm not asking you to tag me. And I said, I'm cracking a joke, but I also understand that maybe you're not ready for that step yet. Um, but then we agreed to take that step and talked about it um, because at the end of the day, he had found out uh, that his ex has is seeing someone who's been staying at his old marital house with his children there uh, since last September. And it turns out that this guy is possibly the guy that she had had um, an emotional affair on him with, which I also probably think it was physical as well. Um, but he wrestled with that. And, and, and I think at the same time, though, he had also... Um, made comments to me about how he kind of feels validated in his uh, decision to file for the divorce that um, because he internalized the entire divorce and marriage failing that he failed, um, that he was the one to blame for everything. And um, kind of broke my heart a little bit that he thought that of himself um, because that's certainly not the man that I see standing before me. And, um, you know, we've had many conversations about his divorce and where he's at and um, how he feels about it. And, and, and he, he's like, I'm over it, but it obviously still stings a little bit. Um, and he's like, and I'm not, and I, and I think the thing that he misses the most is, you know, the family unit. Um, like I said, he thought he was going to be married forever. Uh, that's how he views marriage. That's how he views relationships. Um, it's a huge commitment for him. But we got back from the river after we had made our little Facebook post um, earlier, and I noticed a day or two later that it disappeared from my page, which told me that he untagged me. And I thought to myself, 
well, maybe he just wasn't ready for that step yet. And that's fine because at the end of the day, slow and steady wins the race here. I'm not in a rush. I'm going to make sure I do this right. And, um, you know, we, we had seen each other the week after. Um, communication got a little bit spotty. wasn't like I was speaking to him every day. And one of the things I had always said to him um, with regard to, hey, we're dating, let's, you know, make sure, let's, let's keep the communication open and honest. That's all I ask. Um, and, and, you know, so we each know where the other stands. And that's the only way, like, this, at least from my point of view, that it works for me. Um, and then the following weekend, it was Father's Day, uh, pulled up to his, he pulled up to his house to pick his kids up to take them out on the lake for Father's Day. And there was uh, the boyfriend's dog at the house, which I'm sure probably was a little bit of a, a, a hit to the, the ego. Um, you know, that was his marital house. And then after Father's Day, communication just seemed like it, it got less and less. Um, and then Wednesday evening into Thursday um, of the following week, he kind of disappeared uh, for a few days. And I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me because I have a man here that is telling me how much he um, cares about me, how much he loves being with me, how, how I check his boxes. Um, he's trying to get there. Um, obviously, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I know that our timelines might be a little off. Um, he's kind of made that evident. And so I basically drove my girlfriend crazy for that weekend because I didn't reach out to him. I figured maybe he needs to have his time and, and, and process some things. Um, we know we just went on an amazing trip. We had a great time. He has told me that it was one of the best birthdays that he has ever had. Um, how I didn't miss a detail, how just amazing I've been, how patient, how supportive, encouraging. Um, and I said, well, maybe he just needs some time. And so, um, you know, and of course I said to friends, I said, let's, let's not really put too much on social media. I said, he, he doesn't exactly need to know where I am this entire weekend. And, um, I said, but come Monday, I'm going to be making a phone call because I think I deserve to know what's going on. And, and why he is pulling away. So I call him out uh, Monday evening um, of last week, and we were on the phone, and, and he beat around the bush a little bit. And because at the same time, one of my other friends who was dating one of his friends, that guy pulled the same stuff, the, the same stuff, um, and I was like, wow, there's something in the Kool-Aid up there. Uh, you know, monkey see, monkey do. But so we were talking 
and I finally, um, we had switched it on to FaceTime, which I was like, okay, good. Like, then I can see your face. Now I can see your mannerisms um, and vice versa. Um, and I just said to him, I said, what's going on? Talk to me. Um, you know, and, and he, he tried some of the typical cop-outs, I would say. Um, you know, maybe we're not compatible because you go out all the time. And I'm like, that's not the case. I'm like, try again. And it boiled down to, um, and he actually did say at one point, uh, he, he said, uh, how would you feel if I went out on a date with somebody else? And I said, well, considering that we're sleeping together, I said, that's not okay with me. Um, and that part of the conversation quickly ended. Um, and he, he's like, well, you know, the, the boyfriend label. And I'm like, wait a second. I said, who labeled you my boyfriend? Because I did not. And I said, so I'm not sure where you're getting that from. But, but I also understand that that could freak you out. I said, it kind of freaks me out a little bit too. I said, you know that I've told you I'm terrified of getting my heart broken. And, but yet I also know that if I want something like this, I have to allow myself to be vulnerable. I can't continue to have a wall up around myself. He said, Renee, this is going to sound so lame, but the fact I'm just scared, I'm scared. Is this for real? And he's like the typical, it's not you, it's me. And I said, well, let's talk about this. Um, he's like, you are amazing. You are awesome. Like I'm trying to wrap my head around how this girl who is not a native Texan is more Texan than most girls that live here and just like checks off everything I'm looking for. And is this really for real? And I said, okay, so what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, the conversation went on for probably two and a half hours. Um, you know, he had referred to being himself being a disappointment, um, a fail, feeling like a failure, that he did not want to let me down, that he wanted to make sure that he wasn't just taking and taking from me, but that and receiving and that he could and wanted to give back to me um, because he knows that's my nature that I will give and give and give. Um, and he's like, one of the things I appreciate about you. And, and he, he's like, there's just, you're an amazing person. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm doing, I'm living up to my end of the bargain and I said, well, it's pretty easy. I said, you know, I'll fight and, and put the effort in. I said, but I need you to meet me halfway. I said, because at the end of the day, if you don't want me, I don't want you either. 
I said, so let's just be that blunt about it. And, and he said, okay. And I was like, one day at a time, nobody's rushing to the altar. I don't even, I'm not even in a rush to call you my boyfriend, but like slow and steady again, communicate. Let's be honest. Uh, we talked about the physical aspect of our relationship and he's like, you check and check and check all the boxes. And I said, agree. You do the same for me. It's pretty awesome. He said, but I tie a lot of emotion to that. And he said, and I think you do too. And I said, yep, I would agree with that statement. Um, and he said, I actually really liked it when we first started going out that you pushed back when I was trying to go there. And I said, I get it. I said, you have to understand from a woman's point of view sometimes it's a catch-22. When do you sleep with the guy? Um, you know, when's the right time? If you, if you don't, well, then, you know, they might go somewhere else. And if you do, then maybe you are easy. I said, so, you know, I think there's a, there are a lot of women out there that wrestle with that, myself included. I said, but we also know that the two of us are very physical people, and that's very important to us in a relationship. And he said, absolutely. He, he said, but I want to make sure, and I know that this is important to you. And he goes, because I know there's more there than the physical, but let's, would you be okay with stepping back a little bit? And I said, yeah. I said, I, I can do that. I said, it's not going to be easy. And he's like, agree. Um, he's like, I just, I want to make sure that, like, there's more to our core here than just that. Because he's like, I think there is. I want that kind of bond to be able to build. And he's like, and that's what you deserve. Which, I mean, I can appreciate that about him. Um, you know, again, it was all about him not just taking from me, but being able to give back and do it the right way. Um, he's made statements to me uh, in the past, you know, I'm pretty sure we're no longer just having sex. We're making love, um, you know, and my innards when he has said that, I mean, I don't think that I tensed up or freaked out, um, but I just reciprocated and said that I felt the same way because I do, um, you know, so it was a great conversation. I mean, we talked about faith during that as well. Um, one of the things that I told him I admired about him. One of the things that I told him is that I wish he saw himself the way that I see him, that he's not a failure. He did not, he's not disappointing me. He is a good man. And he's just like, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I, I want to get there. There were points during the conversation where somebody pulled their hat down over their eyes because they started crying. Um, so he's a pretty sensitive guy, and I appreciate that. And 
after that two and a half hours, I wouldn't say that I exactly knew where I stood, but I knew that we, he was willing to continue the conversation and continue to see me. And he said, I really want to see you this week. Um, let, how about we get together this day? And I said, okay. He made a plan. He came over. We wound up just hanging out at my pool, at my apartment, just low-key talking, continuing the conversation. Um, and again, restating some of the same things that he had stated to me uh, on Monday. Um, that he knows that I'm good for him, that we're good for, we're good together. Um, I did make him go home that night. Uh, it wasn't for his lack of trying, um, and not for my lack of wanting to, but I was like, we agreed. And he's like, I know he's like, it's the right thing to do. And so he went home. And communication was a little bit here and there, um, kind of spotty, but he had asked me on Thursday night, he said, if the invitation is still open to go with you uh, to this party with, you know, a bunch of my friends that were having a cookout, he said, I'd really love to do that if the invitation still stands. And I said, you're invited. And I said, I know that they would love to have you. And he said, okay. So I went and did my own thing on Friday night and Saturday night and had confirmed with him on Saturday that he was coming on Sunday. And he showed up Sunday, uh, had a great time. He spent the night here on Sunday evening, again, um, kind of got a little hot and heavy to where I think we both wanted to go there, but we didn't. And um, I don't know if it was a heat of the moment kind of thing of him telling me how much he loved being with me and everything else, but the three little words might have slipped out. I love you, and, and I didn't really say anything. Um, and I don't know if that was how, if it was meant or if it was the, I'm so turned on by you right now that, yes, this is how I feel. Um, we wound up having a chill day yesterday and hung out again last night. I actually just got home from his place probably for three or four hours ago. Um, but there was more conversation. He was like, Renee, I really like you. He's like, but I want to love Renee. And I said, okay. And he's like, let's just, he's like, I just need to wrap my head around you, that you are really the real deal sitting in front of me. And I said, well, you'd need to try to leave the past behind. I said, which is, everybody has a past. I have a past. I have wounds. I said, so I have some things to work on as well. I said, but let's try to focus on the good in front of us and move forward. And he's like, agree. 
and we have plans to get together tomorrow evening for him to cook me dinner. Um, we still have not slept together since last week, or well, the, since the very last time, a couple of weeks ago. And I have a lunch date with him set up on Friday because I'm flying out um, to go home uh, for a bit. And so he will probably take me to the airport. And that's kind of where we're at. That kind of puts us where we are today. Um, and I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I do next? How do I play this? Um, I don't like playing games. Uh, but I also understand it's a little bit of a a poker game to get to the end, and I want to know how to get to my end. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that, and I hear you, you're getting a bit emotional about it. What are the feelings around it, the real feelings, not the intellectualization of it, but your real feelings? I don't want to lose him. Mm-hmm. He makes me feel good when I'm with him. Um, I think I do the same for him. Uh, I mean, he's gotten emotional with me multiple times. Um, and it's something that I, I like about him. I like that he is willing to be, he is that kind of sensitive person, but I mean, I don't want to lose him. So I want to figure out how to get to the end. Because mm-hmm. I do care a lot about him. He's a good person. And I'm hearing that you can get there, but it's going to be a different... Um, A different picture probably than what might be in your mind of how that might occur. Mm-hmm. Because we as women, we see things in a linear fashion. And you're a very rational person. <laughs> and you have mm, laid it out for him in a very rational way. He loves that about you. He loves so much about you. But unfortunately, we don't win by laying things out in a rational way and by being an awesome woman, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think you probably know that, ergo this call with me, correct? Yeah. In other words, I'm hearing, you know, so much of this that you have handled and you've done really well and you have your friends and you're navigating it in a really good way. What was your inner knowing that said, hmm, I need something else that I'm not quite putting my finger on? Um, when we didn't speak for a few days when he went silent. That really bothers me. It was shocking to you, I, I assume. Uh, considering the time that we had spent together recently, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did not understand how 
or why. And he didn't really give you a decent explanation for it now because he really doesn't understand to a degree that he could actually verbalize it. And that comes from him feeling the way he has explained to you that he's a failure in relationships, which yes, you pegged it correctly. What a shame that he should feel that. That's the black and white of the male brain with this kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's maddening. <laughs> it's totally maddening. Uh, but we can't change the existing reality of the male brain regarding relationships. It is black and white. So there's a lot to unpack here. And... I want to do that in terms of what will need to be tweaked here for you to succeed and go the distance. And it is going to be quite a bit different than you might think. Here's the good news. I believe you have a great chance of it if you do it in this kind of... Uh, upside down way, so to speak, or certainly not a way that we would uh, think in a linear fashion, one step leads to the next, to the next, to the next, and we get the reward for the hard work. We actually do the hard work and then boom, the reward comes. And I also want to get to uh, any of your, your questions. And I also want to hear a little bit more about you. So I want to get all that. I want to hear all that. And we're going to do that. And then I'm going to give you, Renee, what I feel will be seriously helpful in not just having you go the distance, but what you do right here and now. So we're going to do that in a moment when we come back. If you've been listening to Make Him Wonder... I know you're ready for an amazing opportunity to make the rest of this year your best ever. It's why I'm so excited to announce my 80-20 Wonder Club. That's right. Set to launch later this summer, the 80-20 Wonder Club is an exclusive club for Make and Wonder Women to get all new episodes and members-only content. Yes, for less than a latte a month, as part of your membership, you'll get a labeled series for specific dating and relationship content by age and relationship status. And no more waiting. As soon as the podcast drops, it's yours. You get never before access to me to ask questions and have a multimedia library of material at your fingertips. There's so much more to come. While it's always important to make any man wonder, you won't want to miss this amazing opportunity so you know just what to do in any dating and romantic situation. As my 80th episode nears, be sure to listen for more so you don't miss out on being part of the 80-20 Wonder Club. So we're back with Renee, and we are talking about her situation with Robert, where she goes from here, how she can go the distance in this relationship and get what it is that she desires and deserves. 
And I had asked you before the break, Renee, about your your previous history, because that's always of interest to me and how I could best help you. So tell me a little bit about your uh, background and how you got to being uh, nearing your nearing your 50-year-old um, mark and what your relationships have been to date. Um, my first relationship uh, long-term relationship that was seven years resulted in being married for three years and he turned out to be um, to be abusive he uh, laid his hands on me he um, also kind of tore me down uh, let's just say self-esteem self-confidence wise um, because I realized he had none of that um, Unfortunately, I kind of equate that marriage in the end to uh, the movie Sleeping with the Enemy. And I I knew the day that I married him that I was going to be figuring out up until a certain point in time how I was going to get out of it. Mm. But being young and dumb, I thought certain things would fix things like getting married, uh, getting a house, um, they did not, and he was sort of an escape from the uh, clutches of what I thought I had as a very loving mother, but very controlling at the same time, and I, I don't want to say that it was part of like me being rebellious. Um, but he was an escape. I think that I honestly sit here today and can say that I loved him as a person, but I don't think I was honestly ever in love with him. Um, I knew I was never going to allow myself to have children with him uh, because at some point in times I was terrified of him. I was afraid of him. And uh, there were times where I may have even fought back because it made me feel better that I wasn't just letting somebody beat on me. And he came from parents where the father had done that to his mother a few times. And he actually had had his hands laid on to him by his father. So for him, it seemed to me like it was a learned behavior for him. Um, I divorced him. Uh, I honestly have maybe spoke to him once since the divorce was final in 2002, 2003. And shortly thereafter, I met another guy who um, I fell head over heels for. Uh, I was in love with him. I um, wound up moving in with him. I wound up um, thinking, you know, I'm in love with this man. He's going to be the father of my children. My family adored him. You know, his family adored me. This is going to be great. We had a great group of friends around us. Um, certainly had a great physical relationship. And then 
around year two of the relationship uh, shortly thereafter. And I, I mean, I had an engagement ring picked out at the store. Um, that's how serious it was. But about two years after, the sex started dying off. I paid all the bills in the house, and that was back in the day when you got the detail of what phone numbers are being called on your cell phone bill and, and um, you know, your toll tags and where you go and stuff. And I noticed some things, and I asked him about them, and he denied and denied and denied. And I kept asking, and I said, you need to choose. You need to choose her or you need to choose me. And he wound up cheating on me for about a year and put me, um, actually in, in some aspect had me convinced that it was my fault that he went and cheated on me. Mm. Um, I, I went to, I went to a counselor, um, and, and asked her, I was like, I said, I need you to tell me that I'm not making this up in my head, that I'm not crazy. This is really what's happening because I feel like a crazy person and I don't like who I am right now. And, you know, I finally got enough and, and, and sick and tired of it that I moved out. And unfortunately, during that time, I had to bury his father. Um, and cut ties with him. And probably up until four years ago, um, dated on and off. No serious relationships. I was pretty jaded. I ran from what you would call a lot of the, quote, good guys. Um, you know, because I was so terrified of somebody breaking my heart like he did. And probably about four years ago, I decided I'm going to give the online dating thing a try. And I meet a guy who I start dating and something was fishy. And I finally figured out that he was a lifetime alcoholic. And I was not signing up for that. And so I cut him loose. And there was actually a period of time in between, you know, those two relationships that I decided not to date at all because I just wasn't willing to put myself out there. I was going to have fun. I was going to pursue some other hobbies and interests that I've always had. And I was going to do me. And... You know, I relocated and moved to Texas. I had the one relationship, and I've had another subsequent relationship that turned out to be an all-physical relationship uh, that I got out of, and I took a break, and I was like, I want to be with somebody. I'm ready. I'm ready to be vulnerable. I want to be, even though it terrifies me. Um, and I meet this guy and I'm, like I said, trying to figure out how not to let my past screw up the future. Mm -hmm. 
And you're doing well. <laughs> yeah. And good for you because that's what it's all about, right? Not yeah. living past um, patterns or traumas or any of it, right? Right. I mean, one of the things that I have told him recently is how safe and secure and protected he makes me feel. Because he does. Okay, he does. But we have to make sure that it actually is that. Not just that he makes you feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... One thing I'm hearing is that he truly reveres the woman that he's come to know. He thinks very, very highly of you. Would you say that's true? Yes. He tells me all the time that I'm amazing, that I just, I can go out and hang out with the guys and, and the next thing you know, like throw on a ball ground and handle any situation. I'm successful. I'm smart. He's like, you are one of the most classiest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And this is, it can be, um, it can mess with your mind. Because what's happening is you are equating all those things which are true and true for him that this means something in terms of your relationship and going the distance. Does that make sense? That you're saying that I'm viewing his, how he sees me as terms for the relationship to go forward. Mm-hmm. And you may think, well, what else could I base it on? Correct? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's what we have to really understand is that for men, those things are separate. For us, they are not. In other words, if we were to turn it around and a woman were to say this man is X, Y, and Z. He's everything a woman would want. Um, he is, he is uh, self-sufficient. He's honest. He's kind. He's patient. He's wonderful. He's in every way. Uh, he's everything I need. It would likely be that this woman would say this is a keeper. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Men don't do that in the same way. And that's one of the maddening things that's very unfair about it. It's the puppy principle at work. You can see this most incredible uh, puppy that is in front of you. Well-trained, cutest thing ever it doesn't mean you're going to adopt it. You'll love on it. 
but it doesn't mean you're going to adopt it. In other words, the adoption of it has only to do with where you are in your life, whether or not you will. Correct? Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, you may think, well, what is indicating that he's not ready? Is that a question you might have? Yes, I think I have an idea, but I'm interested in your uh, perspective. All right, well, let me ask you first. What do you think I might say that indicates that he's really not completely ready? That he is not over his divorce, that he is not back to the man that he was prior and that he needs to be in that kind of headspace in order to give me what I need because I don't, because he wants to do it right as well too. Mm-hmm. And he wa- he wants to be in the right headspace to give me what I deserve. Right. He thinks very highly of you. So much so that he questions if he's good enough for you. And that's a really good guy. And I don't know, um, you know, I have a, a, a test that I have created, the peacock test. I don't know if he feels that he's a peacock for you or not. I don't think he does. Ah, why not? Because he has said how he does not want to let me down, how he does not want to fail again. And I think he is still reeling from the fact that he does still feel like he, even though he has said that he feels more validated about the divorce decision that he made, that he still feels like he failed at the relationship. Mm-hmm. And he does not want to fail in another one mm-hmm. or, fail, or fail his children at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. because his children like are on a, I don't want to, they're on a pedestal. I mean, they're very important to him and he has a very good, open, honest relationship with them, which I think is fantastic. So what happens generally when we're uh, recognizing, which I hear that you are, that he does not feel in this place of being the peacock, meaning the bird, for those of you who don't uh, understand the reference, the mm-hmm. male peacock is the one with the beautiful plumes. And the yep. female is just a brown bird that doesn't have those beautiful feathers. And in the, in the wild, generally it's the male of a species that uh, is the most beautiful the robins, the red ones are the males, the brown ones are the females. Uh, it is to attract uh, the female in the species. And men want to be the peacock for their woman and the one that they, they love. You see, Renee, there's no question here 
that he loves you. There is no question. Not in any way, shape, or form. But you're doing what women do, we all do. Very, very hard for us to separate them. But that love equals capacity, ability, commitment to, intention to, in any way to, to secure a relationship and commit to it. To adopt the pretty puppy. And if we just stay within the puppy principle, we understand no matter how much we love a puppy, we will not commit to what we know is adoption, being responsible to and for the beautiful little creature. So that's the issue that you are unfortunately dealing with. And there's a lot that you will need to do, and this is not going to turn around overnight. And this will not turn around via discussion with him about it. Any discussion will more solidify his position. Okay. Yeah. This is such a, a hard place to be. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel for you because it is, there's, there's nary a more difficult place to be with a man that you know loves you. Not only do you feel it, he's said it. And then it's crazy making because he goes and ghosts you for a couple of days and then comes back and says, how would you feel if I date someone else? Mm-hmm. It's maddening. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> There's a, 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 a big misstep here, though, that we have to be careful about making. When, we, when we're sleeping with someone and don't call ourselves the girlfriend and don't take ownership of that, guess what happens? It puts us in second category more so than we want to be. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. For those of you who don't, it's Freud's Madonna Horror Dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And very important that we show any man that we're with that, no, I'm in first category. And if you don't want to give me my due of being in that category, then I won't be with you at all. You see? Mm -hmm. He's desperately trying to keep you there by saying, you know, let's table sex. To keep me in the first category. That's right. But if you continue down this road, it's not going to bode very well for you. In my book, that's my opinion. Meaning, if you continue to see him, you've stepped backwards and you show, you've shown him I'm willing to step backwards. I'm willing to accept the no girlfriend nomenclature. I'm willing to see you and not have sex. 
Now, that may seem like, well, isn't that first category? No. It's that if you want to step back because you're unclear about where I fit in your life and the status you will give me, then, okay, goodbye. Black and white. You see? Mm hmm And that just sucks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally sucks. However, there's no other way to win at it. Because if you continue down this road, he will revere and revere you more and more. But devalue everything related to you in the relationship and go sleep with someone else in second category and start really acting up so to speak and ghost and do more of what he has done that has been hurtful and harmful bless his heart doesn't mean to this is a good guy What are you thinking? I was wondering if you were going to tell me to walk away. It's not just walking away. It's how you walk away that actually has you winning in the end. It's strategic. And I have to tell you with all the women that I work with, and I just had another engagement this week. And exactly this scenario. It is formulaic in how it works. If the man is in any way ready and doesn't want to lose his pretty puppy. The one thing that is quite different and probably one of the only things in terms of the puppy principle that is different. When we seriously uh, are in love with a little puppy, if we really can't adopt that one, we, we kind of know that we can go and get another one that will feel very similarly about and it will give us all those good feelings in the same way. Because we're not being challenged or need to conquer and show other people in our world, no, that's my puppy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, we don't have that in us. It's not something that is, we're going to you know, slay the dragon to win that puppy. But when a man really loves you, he doesn't want anyone else to have you or adopt you. <laughs> if we love the puppy and we can't adopt, we, through our hearts and our love, our three C's, we're all about cooperation, connection, caretaking. We want to see that little lovely being be with somebody else who's going to love it, right? Right. Yeah. Not the same with men, different beings. 
night and day. Not good or bad. Different. Apples, oranges. So you have that, and every woman has that working in her favor. Because you have a fundamental here that must be in place, meaning he must love you. There is no question about that. So that's really great. But if you know from my book, it's only one of the five criteria to be a buyer. Right. And he's not quite there yet, being only two years out from this quote-unquote failure. Because that's how a man views divorce. Right. It's getting kicked off the team by the coach. He didn't measure up. And he can't wrap his mind around, even if he's the best player ever on the team, the only one that hits the home runs, the only one that runs the bases in record time, the only one, if the coach doesn't like him and kicks him off, it, it, none of what he knows about himself matters. It's quite interesting. It takes him a long time. As you know, my role, three years minimum out, signed, sealed, delivered, divorced. And with children, add another two onto it. But life isn't, doesn't usually come in that neat little package, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. No, you met the no, man, you love him, he does love you. But let me ask you something. Renee, if I could tell you, okay, in, it's been two years, in three and a half, four years, you can have this man, I have a crystal ball here, and <laughs> in four years, I can see you two will be together for the rest of your life. Would that be worth it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This really is, and you referenced it earlier, the tortoise and the hare. This is a long-term thing. Because you can't accelerate his growth, the steps, uh, the bit of uh, PTMD, post-traumatic marriage disorder. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You can't accelerate that for him. No. I do women, realize that. Yeah, women don't have that. We don't have that. <laughs> yeah. But they do. And it's, it's a damn shame, for sure. Because he could step into a wonderful life with you and it, it could all be fine. Everybody could be happy. His wife has someone else. His ex-wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Does not work that way for men. So what do you do? Where do you go from here? How do you do it? And again, we'll get to that in a moment. Looking to lure back an ex-love? Let Coach Paula help you get back together with a man you realize might be the one for you. Make the next time around a charm with complete commitment. Connect with Coach Paula Grooms on Instagram, Facebook, or at coachpaulagrooms.com. 
So we're back with Renee. And at our last break, we talked about what you can do from here, Renee, and that this will not be a sprint. It's a marathon. And my biggest question to you is, are you ready for the marathon? Do you want to do the necessary training and all the hard things that come with doing a marathon? Or do you prefer, you know, let me opt out here and I may go and find another race, so to speak. Now, I'm a minute to win it. Okay. I don't give up that easily. <laughs> okay. So, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. You're discussing with him the last time you had it, like a two-hour phone call, and what terms, if any, did you come to? What decisions did you guys make? Where do you think things are right now? I think things are that we obviously stepped back from the physical relationship a little bit, um, that we are going to date, that he has said he wants to take me out on dates, that he needs to, he has some work to do on himself to be the best person he can be for me. And that is, could we like, you know, keep the communication open? And I guess to an, to an extent of, you know, letting the other person know, this is where we're at. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. Um, because he does value the commitment and the bond and the responsibility of what comes with that kind of relationship and loving someone. And, you know, I really, I have a lot of respect for him as a man actually acknowledging that he needs to do the work that he needs to be better. He wants to be better because that's what I deserve. And I know it's going to take time. I okay. don't want to lose this person. Okay. So I'm going to throw a huge bucket of cold water on this. <laughs> <laughs> And kind of take take it apart a little bit so it's easier to dissect and digest. All that he said, there's the one side of it, which there's a truth to it. Isn't it wonderful? He'd like to keep the communication open. He'd like to date you. He'd like to make sure that you're each telling each other, what's going on and being open and honest with each other. If you do that, you become this wonderful 
woman and you will be friend zoned in short order. Because this, while this is what, you see, this isn't what will win for you. This is what this man needs at the moment. If you give him what he needs at the moment, you go into this relationship that will never go the distance for him. He'll revere you, he'll love you for the wonderful woman you are, and he will never adopt you as the pretty puppy you are. This is so oxymoronic to us. It's completely antithetical to, it doesn't make any sense, and why we as women get hurt. Mm-hmm and don't get the relationships that we really want. Because it doesn't make any sense to us. Because we don't work in the way that they do. He does need all those things. He's absolutely right. If you give it to him, however, you will never be that woman that he will slay dragons for and climb the high mountain for. Does that in any way make sense? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's definitely where I struggle because I am a very common sense, logical driven type person. Mm-hmm. And he loves you for that. And mm-hmm. I bet you have helped him enormously get past and over and this this whole divorce thing of his and you've been an amazing sounding board and you've been the voice of reason for so many things and you've bolstered him up when he's been a little down or Mm -hmm. showed any of his uh, warts about it or issues around it correct absolutely Uh uh-huh but it doesn't inspire what will ultimately be the thing that will get his attention and get him for a relationship down the road. And this is what is so really just um, upside down about it, really wrong about it in my book. Um, (laughs) But it is what it is, and we can't change an existing reality. And Everyone I work with, and when it's done, it works like a charm. It's amazing how it works, and many times in such a faster way than I could ever imagine. And it can, but you must do it, and you must do it 100%, or it fails. And it it will be one of the hardest things you will ever do. This is my lure him in strategy and my lure him in program because it is the actual not having what he needs that inspires him to have it. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. It's actually 
not having what he needs that inspires him to have it. He must get into the feelings deeply of not having what he needs and perhaps never having what he needs and perhaps losing what he needs to a challenger because he wasn't the man that he needed to be at the time. It actually makes him the man he needs to be to cab it and go get it. This is, is psychologically based. It's the foundational thing about men that is born in them. It's in their reptilian brain. It's why we have succeeded as a species when we weren't meant to. We are a creature that shouldn't even be out in the sun in our environment. <laughs> we're a creature that, you know, we're ill-equipped to hunt other creatures for food. In the sea, on the land, in every way, shape, or form. But the male of the species, with their three C's of them, they said, uh-uh, we can do it. And this is deeply in them in everything they about in life so if you want to win here you can but it takes absolute commitment on your part to do it until and it truly is and in my in my program when I have the women that I'm working with and talking to them about it and also in the online portion of the program that they get it I say time and time again this is one of the hardest things you will ever do but if it's worth it to you to see if you can have something down the road because I cannot tell you for a hundred percent sure that you will but I can tell you the other way you will not it will go sour he will get what he needs and then you will not be the chosen one down the road. And that would be a damn shame for both of you. And so many women, myself included, have done that many times in exactly what he's needed in every way, shape, and form. Out of our love, our connection, our cooperation, our caretaking, our understanding what he needs and giving it to him because we feel if we give him what he needs, then it will come back to us. If only. That's what's oxymoronic about it. It doesn't work like that. It's in the not giving him what he needs now that he gets into the feelings and gets himself together so that he goes and gets what he needs and wants. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, obviously it sounds like I need to take a huge step back from him in every aspect of the word is what I'm hearing. 
Mm-hmm. And you have questions around the how. Because if the how is not handled in the right way, he gets out of it with negative feelings. We don't want that. No. It's partly FOMO that he must feel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Large part of it. And that the work he wants to do on himself, see, he's told you, and these are good things to know. He is wrestling. He, he loves you. He loves having sex with you. He's wrestling because, uh-oh, he also wants other things. That's male. He also wanna go, he wants to go and pet other puppies and play with other puppies and so forth. And that makes him feel guilty. So you can have a one-time discussion with him and it has to be done in a way whereby you're going to go to him. And when I say go to him, this can be done in a number of ways. Most of the time, talking to him about it is the worst way. You do it once. And as I said, it will be one of the hardest things you'll do. You have to know in your soul and be committed to this working in the end. And that is knowing in your heart what I'm saying is true and then applying it and knowing that with each passing day you are closer and closer to it and then there's another component to it which is that you also must let it go and move forward with your life and as I said it's the hardest thing you'll ever do but again this is to get the end result that you're looking for which is him completely fully wholly not what you've got now not giving him this uh, exactly what he wants uh, the open communication and the friend stuff that he needs and the shoulder to be there and the assuaging his feelings because having you there actually is an anxiety reliever for him otherwise he feels you know he's just bereft and out there and there, there's a there's a both and to this for him if you do this and you do it in a way that is high value and uh, lets him know what you've decided there's an immediate feeling of and you have to be ready for this relief he feels oh thank God I don't have to live up to anything that I'm not capable of doing and that's what he was doing when he ghosted you but then it starts for him for every man it starts it's in the no contact nothing works as well as that for a man it gets him into his deepest feelings to actually do something not put it on the woman actually do it for himself and actually make 
those changes and go through what he needs to go through and the growing pains to get to the other side and to actually be that man for you and win you again. Now, you didn't need to be one in that way, but he can never know that. Not going to be easy. <laughs> I know that. But I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally is. And I can speak to you more about how you go about doing it in the in the best way possible that really gets him into the feelings. And then what you do after that, it's seriously important. Each one of these little steps is one of the dots that connects to the end result. I really thank you for doing this today because I think it's, it's so important for these discussions to happen. Otherwise, we continue on doing things that will only hurt us. Be seriously helpful to the man on his journey, but not get us what it is that we desire and deserve. And ultimately, be very good for the man in question, because ultimately he could be very happy with this relationship as well. When he goes through what he needs to go through and do that on his own so that he feels like that man and that peacock for you. So thank you so much, Renee, for doing this today. Thank you. So hard stuff. Yes, it is. That's why we're here talking about it and why these conversations are so valuable. So I want to look at the three takeaways from Renee's situation. First, how important it is to present yourself in the first category. When you present yourself in the first category, you will be hard-pressed to get out of it. And you will guide the man to knowing, trusting, and relating to you from that category in Renee's situation that I am girlfriend material. I know I am. I stand in that value. And I don't sleep with a man who thinks of me in the other category and not as a potential girlfriend. We can do this a number of ways. It's easily shown to the man, and we talk about that all the time, what we show and not what we say. Shown when we vet him and put him through the paces at the initial stages of the relationship. Then prior to 
most everything sexual beyond kissing and maybe breast touching, etc. But not too much, etc. That going further pretty much demands exclusivity and then that leads him to believe relationship. He just knows that because he's male. He puts you in the right category. And then we don't have much explaining to do. That's the beauty. We don't have to talk about it. But we have to be willing to let him go if he's not comfortable with that category. And what we just heard from Renee's situation is that he didn't say anything. He just went away. Yes, very hard. So let's look at the second takeaway. Being a man's cheerleader and supporting him by accepting behavior that isn't along the lines of what you know to be consistent with getting there and being committed and him being all in. In other words, you can't understand him into a committed relationship. I mean, almost never does that work unless you are willing to put in time after the fact. And that's what Renee and I were discussing here. In other words, there comes a point which Renee is at right now where she has to say, okay, I see you're not there. While I understand it, I don't accept it for myself vis-a-vis -vis taking myself off the market, being there for you, and not getting what it is that I desire and deserve. Now, you don't say it that way. You say it like we talked about with Renee, which is just, I understand where you are. I accept what you're saying, but I can no longer be in this given that. If you do anything less, he will certainly value your good counsel, your support, your friendship, your companionship, everything about you. But it doesn't do you any favors in terms of him actually staying and desiring you. That's the oxymoronic thing about it. Us being the connectors, cooperators, and caretakers that we naturally are hurts us when the man hasn't fully committed. And sometimes even when he has. 
<laughs> that's also kind of ironic. But in other words, the man wants to feel he is the peacock. So Renee is at the the third takeaway, and that is where you must walk away. And she is deciding about whether or not she can commit to doing that because without the commitment, she won't be able to uh, to get anywhere with it. You have to be totally committed to it so that he feels what he needs to feel, and that is only through the the cutting off and the no contact and the time necessary for him to feel what he needs to feel, go through what he needs to go through. And for each situation, that will be different. For some men, they kind of have an aha moment right away and like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm uh, going to lose the best thing in my life and my love and all of that. And they immediately turn around. In this situation, I dare say that's not very likely why because he has not been divorced long enough the failure is too present it's too there and that's simply my uh, opinion on it we could keep our fingers crossed for Renee that it will go faster but the harder she is in her resolve will be to the degree he can really get it quickly. In other words, this is the takeaway, staying friends and doing what we just talked about in the second takeaway, which is uh, helping him uh, continuing to support him, being there for him, understanding him, you can understand him right out of the relationship. Again, oxymoronic to us. But many of you may have been there where you were the man's everything, his shoulder, his support, his rock, all that he needed. And then he didn't want it anymore or couldn't, couldn't commit. And he doesn't know why. Because, yes, he loves you, but the, it, the, the feeling he needs, the desire, the wondering, it's not there. And so uh, maddening to us. And uh, could it just be easier? Very, very hard. But when we commit to what works, we have the best chance. And I know that if Renee can commit to what will work, there is a, a great chance for her. And that's what we are going to hold out for her. And I want the best chance for you. So you will be able to continue getting Make Him Wonder going forward at much less frequency. And that uh, is because 
of the 8020 Wonder Club. And I hope you will be joining us in the club. You will be getting so much content. Season two of Make Him Wonder will come out, but again, much less frequency of the podcast. This is so... The 8020 Wonder Club will go forward full steam ahead and you'll be getting so much interesting content and you'll be able to uh, hear podcasts and know kind of by by age and relationship status and get multimedia content. So I hope you will check that out more on on each episode. Our 80th is coming up, so the 8020 Wonder Club will be starting soon. You will have experienced that this episode uh, came to you at a much um, slower uh, rate. For example, not every two weeks, but... Uh, There's likely a month between the time you got the previous episode, and there will be a month until you get the next episode. And that's because Make Him Wonder is, is slowing up, so to speak. It's not going away. It's just slowing down. But the 8020 Wonder Club will be going full steam ahead, and you will be getting content all the time. And that's what will be so great about being part of the 8020 Wonder Club. A real community there that uh, I really want you to be a part of to really take your learning to the next level. That's what we're all about. So until then, do not forget with any man in your life how important it is to make him wonder. Wonder.